0: This episode of Schmeidgeist contains swearing and some confronting themes.
1: This is an ABC podcast.
2: Hi. Welcome to Schmeidgeist. You have done enough for today. It might be three in the morning or lunchtime or after sunset. But you're good. You nailed it. You have done enough. This podcast is a warm place for you to rest your troubled mind. Somewhere comfortable, like a woolly sock or a sea of cruelty-free goose down, or a bucket of warm soy milk that never gets cold. You're in bed, and I'm tucking the blankets around you like you're the meat filling in a delicious sausage roll. I want you to picture... A giant duck on a tiny pond. It's too small. Notre Dame. Why? Before the fire. No. A perfectly smooth hot dog. Yummy. Literally anything but the endless, terrifying, and exhausting fire hose of contemporary existence.
3: The world is teetering on the brink. The worst
2: recession. The world is teetering on the brink. Try Try to forget about all of it. Now, take a deep breath in. Hold it. Hold it.
4: Hold it.
2: I'm Angela Vappier, and I've always wanted to do that. This is Schmied guys, the podcast from ABC Everyday about your pop culture obsessions and why we love what we love. And I think I speak for most of us when I say, in 2022, we would really love for our mums to bring us a hot cup of everything's going to be fine and tuck us in. Now, that's not practical or even necessarily literal. So in the place of an actual parent, tech and culture is doing its level best to fill the void. It might be an ASMR channel on YouTube, a womb noise playlist, watching a kid's movie, or even using an adult dummy we are so hungry for ways to go back to a simpler time. For some people, it's a choice. For others, it's absolutely not. The number of subscribers to a subreddit for age regressors has tripled since the beginning of last year. And some of those people mentally rewind to ages as young as one, with no say in the matter. So today on Schmeidgeist, we are embracing our inner child to discover the appeal or otherwise of going back. So if you caught the last episode of Guys, you will know that we started with Crocs and we landed in a kind of unexpected place, specifically kid core. There is a lot of,
5: on TikTok, the whole notion of core, cottage core and goblin core, mm. but there is kid core and clown core coming huh.
2: through and I immediately had to know more. I mean, on one level, it's super simple, right? It's adults dressing like kids as an aesthetic choice, but it also seems to fit with this pattern I've been noticing. Basically, I think there's a bigger regression trend on. I mean, in a way, aesthetic nostalgia for recent-ish eras in culture like Y2K and Indie Sleaze are all about wanting to go back. We
5: talked about it in Ep one And I don't think it's that much of a stretch to wonder if we're dressing for a period before all of this happened if there is some sense of personal safety we find in that, if we feel like that's the closest thing we can get to certainty.
2: Another example is the stunning array of tech-based tools available to lull you to sleep every night. Maybe it's an app that plays you rain sounds, white noise, or, yes, womb noise. It exists, I've used it, and it's oddly nice. It could be a podcast that whispers you a boring story or any number of ASMR YouTube channels, such as... S-A-S-A-S-M-R, which is devoted to eating sounds. It has more than 9 million subscribers. I personally am kind of stuck on a channel called Restful Rambles, which has these POV videos where the host role plays clipping back your hair. I will And I'm sure part of the appeal here is just whatever evolutionary trigger we have that makes ASMR feel good in general, but also there's something about the intimacy and the big sister vibes, like she's caring for you. It does make you feel a bit like a kid, and that is a nice feeling. So does dressing like a child, a la Kidcore, achieve the same thing? I spoke to someone named Joaquin about this.
1: J-O-N. I like, like Joaquin Phoenix like with a J. Yeah, yeah. cool.
2: Yeah. Just like Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All right. And the term Kidcore really refers to a particular, very online, very hashtagged version of this fashion trend. But beyond that community, people are just out there doing it without a label, and that is very much Joaquin, who had never heard of Kidcore before, but it is their look.
1: So I I really love, like, pastels, bright colours. I love dungarees and and sort of silly rompers and big cloaks and also stuff with sort of cute iconography on it. I love textures and I love... Cuddly things because it like makes me feel comfortable and it sort of puts out a really nice energy to, to other people as well. If if you look like a big soft dumpling, um, <laughs> and then yeah, I do love sparkly stuff. Like I, I like seeing it on other people, and so I, I try and do that for myself.
2: What's the silliest item you own?
1: Ooh, silliest. I have a whole collection of, like, really silly shoes. Some of the shoes I have have teddy bears on them and little arms that stick out, and I have these in gold AstroTurf. Kids just lose their mind. They see them and they're like, (laughs) oh, my God, did you know that you have teddy bears on your feet? I'm like, oh, my God, no, I didn't. (laughs) And You can have this, like, great little, like, interaction with them. They're just, like, their jaws are dropped and they're just absolutely... Astound! They're like so jealous of me, and I'm like, "Yes, be jealous, small child. I am, I am winning this game."
2: <laughs> Is there a part of dressing that way, like putting on a really silly or colourful or textural item of clothing, and feeling like a kid yourself?
1: It's funny. I don't really feel like a kid, but I do feel light, and I feel it. It gives me a kind of gentleness that I I sort of want to feel in the world and also want to, like, project, and it's a very relaxing thing, I suppose.
2: One of the key things about kids' clothes, um, with the exception of the old paradigm of, like, blue and pink, kids' clothes are usually pretty genderless.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really yeah, I really like that. I'm, I'm, I'm non-binary, so it's like I really like the genderless aspect of that. And I also like that they're not... They're not specifically sexy. Like, I have, like, sexy outfits that I go and clubbing in and stuff, but my core aesthetic is actually, it's it is it's primarily about maximising fun and cuteness and a lot of joy. The cuts are really forgiving. As a curvy babe, you know, it's actually impossible when you walk into a shop. In most mainstream stores, you, you know, everything's hyper-gendered, everything's, you know, cut pretty tight because... People are, you know, people are performing a sort of a sexy dance or whatever it is. Um, but the stores that I buy from, you know, almost exclusively online, the fact that they they understand a diversity of bodies mean that you can find stuff that really works for you. It's all joy. It's all joy, and it's all love. And that's kind of, I think, we need more of that in the world.
6: Today I am wearing pink, blue, and green gingham trousers, a matching coat. Rainbow sneakers and my hair is actually half pink, half green. So you could say I am very much in rainbow head to toe. Gay little frog living in a cottage is like how I dress. I would say it is play school chic. For some reason, I just really, really enjoy dressing kind of like a grown up baby. Sometimes you get compliments that are a little bit backhanded, like, oh, it's a bit out there. I couldn't pull that off. The world feels very scary right now. And it is, I think, maybe just like trying to grasp onto some kind of innocence.
2: And enough people addressing this way that there are entire fashion labels devoted to Kidcore.
6: Hey, I'm Amanda. I am the owner and creator of ZigZag Goods, contemporary clown wear for The Everyday Freak
2: based in Los Angeles, California. She sounds like the kind of person who would sell those clothes, right? Now, part of the reason I'm so interested in this whole look is that it sits outside of the classic 20-year fashion cycle. It's kind of an outlier.
6: There is definitely like a new genre occurring, which I don't think happens very often in our culture. And I think we were probably like the pioneers of the kid core era. We hadn't really seen much like love for like multicolored beads and, and glitter and things like that, that people like usually just shun in fashion. Basically the brand gives homage to like pieces of clothing that need a new chance at life through mediums such as paint and puffy paint and beads and safety pins. I definitely use like themes from childhood, kind of veering away from perfection and high fashion and not so rigid imagery
2: that kind of takes you into like a colorful dreamscape. I don't know if you agree, but I just don't feel like adults had the permission to act like this in the past. Like there's, there's something that's changed. Do you think the world is a more permissive place now than it used to be?
6: I really, I'm only 28, so I don't really have a
2: good grasp on what the world
6: was or wasn't. But I would say it is more open to seeing like fun and unique garments, you know, I I think people are maybe more receptive, maybe because we've gone through like a pandemic and like Mm. death was like on the forefront for so many people. I think maybe people are just more open to seeing like something fresh and unique and being less judgmental.
2: And the world does feel less judgmental when you go down the kidcore rabbit hole online. Because if you search that term on TikTok or Tumblr, there are so many millions of posts. On TikTok alone, tagged kidcore content has amassed 1.2 billion views.
6: How to master the kidcore aesthetic. This style originated around the 2010s features lots of childhood nostalgia and, of course, the entire rainbow.
2: And not always, but fairly often, right alongside the KidCore hashtag, there's also an age regression hashtag. Either age regression or age re are common. Now, I mentioned this at the start of the episode. So age regressors are people who find themselves involuntarily transported psychologically back to a much younger age. And there's a big overlap between these two communities, KidCore and age re, because even though they're not at all the same thing, They do share an aesthetic. So I spoke to someone who exists at that meeting point.
3: My name is Christine Nix and I am the owner and creator of Starry Deco, LLC and starrypassies.com.
2: So tell us what your business is.
3: I make designer adult pacifiers and that's not something you hear every day. No. I'm sure.
2: (laughs) So before the pandemic, Christine used to make phone cases.
3: And I stumbled across pacifiers and I realized there was a real need in the community, not just the little community, but there are those who enjoy, you know, kid core and the fashion and those that go to raves and EDM concerts and everything. And they love this sort of thing, but nobody was making them like officially to Mm. this level. And so many people were like, I used your
2: pacifier. It helped me. And that just. Meant the world to me. And these pacifiers, or dummies if you're Australian, look incredible. They're these elaborate, bejeweled explosions of color and detail. Because having a great dummy is kind of a flex in the Kidcore and Age worlds.
3: There are those who enjoy the fashion of it. I have had people tell me multiple times that they do not use pacifiers, but they like my work, so they want to buy one. Mm. And honestly, you know. Why not? Everything's a fashion choice these days.
2: But the vast majority of Christine's customers are age regressors.
3: I would say if I had to put it down to like a percentage, I would say 90% is in the little community and about 10% is for aesthetics.
2: And that community, which as you may have picked up by now, sometimes self-describes as littles, gathers in a few places online. But the place where I met Christine was the age regression subreddit, And the number of subscribers there has tripled since the beginning of last year to about 24,000, so over the course of the pandemic.
3: I've been a part of this community for years and years, and I can tell you that there's always been a big community there. It's just very underground because it's not understood by the mainstream. It makes people feel unsafe to talk about it.
2: Mm. But
3: the community has always been there.
2: You mentioned you'd been part of that community for years. Are you also an age regressor yourself?
3: Yes, I have regressed in the past, more so in the past than I have recently. You're very much still an adult in your mind and you know like you've got to get things done, you've got to do this, but it's like you withdraw into yourself and you just become a child. It just becomes too much and
2: you regress. And I wanted to know more about what that was like. So I posted on the main subreddit asking if anyone wanted to talk to me. The first person to get in touch was Tiny Dino. Not her real name, but it's what she wanted to be called for her privacy. We've also disguised her voice for that reason, because like quite a few age regressors I came across, she was still under 18, although the age she regresses to is significantly younger than that. My age would be like 1 to 6. Okay, like I don't have kids and I'm not super familiar with child development, but one is kind of pre-verbal, right? For me, when I was one, I could form very short sentences. So I can still communicate
7: because my brain's just wired that way, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But
2: yeah, one is fairly non-verbal. When that happens, her behavior changes too. She might use a dummy or play with a stuffed toy, eat basic kids' food and use baby bottles or sippy cups to drink. There's a whole range of things, really, and it's been happening to her for years. Basically since I was eight, but I haven't learned about it until like a year and a half ago. Okay, wow. So you had this before you sort of had the terminology for it. Yeah. I had a meh
7: childhood like I had to mature pretty quickly so like ever since eight I acted like a kid when I was stressed out so I could like not have a mental breakdown
2: do you feel like you have control over when it happens or is it just like oh it's happening and I have to go with this now
7: it's sort of both I can for fun regress like if I'm bored or sad or If I'm really stressed out, I will just slip, like, in an instant.
2: How do you know in the instant when you're slipping? Like, what's the first thing that happens?
7: Like, the voice in my head starts to sound like a baby, like, baby talk instantly in my head. It starts to sound like this, like, really high, kind of like an anime girl, but with baby talk, obviously.
2: And... When that started happening to you, like, was it scary at all?
7: I kind of relaxed and went with it because, you know, it made me happy and like I calmed down with it. So I was like, oh, this is the thing everyone does, obviously, since it's <laughs> happening to me.
2: One of the first things that really stood out to me that I, I feel like it's important to emphasize for people who are new to learning about this um, is that it is really strictly non sexual, right? Yes, it is strictly
7: non-sexual because you are literally a child and children cannot
2: consent. And it seems like something that, that you guys have to really defend a bit in that community. Like it's it comes up a bit, and people are like, are you sure? And you're like, yes, we're 100% sure. Oh
7: my goodness, yes. There's a kink called age play, which is very similar to regression, except you aren't literally a child. Like your brain doesn't turn off your adult. So it's two consenting adults for age play, but if you sexualize age regression, this might sound a bit harsh, but it's basically pedophilia, you know? The way I see it is, it's just pedophilia with extra steps.
2: And having observed this community online a bit, it really does seem like a constant battle for them. There are always people lurking who seem to want to hijack the vibe.
4: The amount of times I've had to delete comments on my TikToks with me having like a passy or a bottle in my mouth and someone saying pedo bait or like something about it being sexual in any way, it's too many. So if anyone listening to this is like, that's sexual. No, it's not. Do your research. There's literally articles titled age play versus age regression so please just do your research please it's not sexual
2: So Tiny Dino mostly hides her regression, but it's not possible to keep it a total secret because the whole thing is pronounced enough that she sometimes needs looking after. And that's where caregivers come into the picture. And the practice of having a caregiver is common enough in the age re community that it has its own acronym. People will often talk about their CG.
4: I've told all three of my old caregivers and my current caregiver. so my two past relationships and this relationship I'm in right now, I've told them because they take care of me. And I've told my mom, well, one of my moms because she bought me my first adult passy off Amazon. So I kind of had to explain like what that was all about. (laughs) (laughs) A caregiver can be platonic or romantic. Obviously I'm in a romantic CG thing. It's, Either a babysitter role, like an older sibling role, or a parental role, you know. Um, You can call them whatever you like, obviously, but they just kind of take care of you like a babysitter, older sibling, or, you know, parent would do.
2: And Tiny Dino's caregiver is around the same age as her, but if you're wondering how that works romantically given the strictly non-sexual nature of age regression – I had the same question.
4: Me and my partner have created like very strict boundaries for when I'm small or when they're small. Like, we turn away from each other when we change, and like, he doesn't bathe me. Like, we t- stick to fully closed, safer work content.
2: And so you're sometimes his caregiver too?
4: Uh, very rarely, but that's because of like, Trauma from his past cGs, so
2: yeah, it feels like you would risk a lot, like it's quite a vulnerable position to be in, right if if you're someone's little and they're your caregiver.
4: It is because it's like that like level of trust with like a parent or an older sibling or like an authority figure, mm. you like trust them to keep you safe, and you know sometimes that just doesn't happen and they mess you up a little.
2: Do you feel like this is something that is going to be a part of your life as you kind of move into and through adulthood? Or do you think it's got a time limit on it?
4: I think for me, it'll have a time limit. Like once I've worked through my childhood and gotten over my depression, or if I ever get over my depression, Mm. um, I think it'll, you know, mellow out and not happen as much, you know?
2: So we actually had to do a bit of hunting to find a psychologist on this topic. Not everyone seems to know about it. It's not listed as a condition in the DSM, which is basically the diagnostic Bible for psychiatry. The reason being it's understood as a coping mechanism for people with a lot of different diagnoses rather than its own separate thing. But in the end, we found Tamara.
5: I'm Tamara Kavanagh. I'm the president of the Australian Psychological Society and I'm also a practicing clinical psychologist. So age regression typically um, you'll see often in a child, so it's really actually a normal coping behaviour for a child when they experience a significant event or they're particularly traumatised by something, that they will drop back to behaviours that they have done when they're at a younger age um, as they're working to cope with what has occurred or changed. It also, though, happens in adults. So at times we'll see certain coping behaviours in an adult that is of a regressed age. So examples are cuddling a stuffed toy, tantrums, you know, all of your thumb sucking, any kind of baby talk is another one. So there's all these sorts of behaviours that people can do as an adult, um, as an age regression behaviour, and it's a form of coping.
2: The way you're talking about it, it sounds like it's not Actually, too uncommon?
5: It certainly isn't. So, um, in terms of children, it's absolutely a normal part of that process through childhood. In terms of adults, it changes slightly. So, it would be considered unusual behaviour. But at times it is helpful, so at times we all kind of regress back a little bit, but certain behaviours would be considered unhelpful and it's really about whether they're causing functional differences or, you know, problems in your life and then we would say it is an issue as an adult and then it's, you know, sitting outside of the norm.
2: So you're using words like common and normal. Do we know exactly how common and normal it is?
5: We do in the sense that we, we see it, mm. um, but in terms of how common, there is no prevalence Data because it's not associated with a particular diagnosis, we don't know how frequently it occurs in the general population.
2: So it's not as unusual as it might sound at first, although it comes in very different shapes and sizes. And unless it's messing a person's life up in an ongoing way, it's not a problem in and of itself. In fact, it mostly just helps people. What I couldn't understand was why, if it's always been there in the population, did so many people get onto it during the pandemic? Again, subscribers to this subreddit tripled. But then I spoke to Ven, who's a bit older than Tiny Dino.
0: Right. So my biological age is 20. And I would say that I shift anywhere from 10 years old to 15. So a bit older than other people in the the community. So when did it start happening for you? Honestly, I think it, it really hit when I when I turned like 18, because I think that's, you know, that's the age where people consider you an adult. I, I wasn't very excited for it. Um, You know, getting older, it's like, you know, it's a natural part of life and and you see it happening around you. But it's I don't know, it was for some reason it just felt strange, even though logically I was like, well, of course, this was going to happen, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't know. I, I genuinely just kind of saw myself as, as younger sometimes because before I, I didn't really know what to call it. It was like, oh, I'm just drawn to like more childlike things and it makes me
2: happy. So Venn was one of the people who found this community during the pandemic. and I asked her why she thought it had grown so much in that time.
0: I think it makes complete sense that the community's grown like a lot over the pandemic. Um, well, I, again, I can only really speak for for myself, you know, I, I can't relate the two directly like you know oh, age regression, pandemic, but it just makes sense to me that people were looking for a sense of community and mm. an activity in which they could feel soothed and safe and you know things a bit easier to to take in and understand we're we're swamped by the news every day and even as lockdowns are ending it's it's still it's still so much some days you know like everything's just so complicated and scary and yeah i think people people are drawn to it for for those reasons like coping escape and just, just for fun because you kind of need a rest from it all sometimes.
2: Which is kind of what people say when you ask them why they reach for any other kind of vaguely childlike comfort. You know, the more socially acceptable versions of it, like adult colouring or kids' movies or wearing teddy bear shoes. They tell you it's a necessary refuge from the world. Honestly, though, I can't relate. If you need me, I'll be over here having my hair theoretically clipped back by a nice lady on YouTube. Episode 9 of Schmeitgeist is all about pop music, how it transformed from a guilty pleasure to seemingly dominating every other genre. Our first seven episodes are all on the ABC Listen app if you want to hear about male thirst traps on TikTok, the carnivore diet or our obsession with astrology, just to name a few. Credit, as always, to Grant Walter and Elsa Silberstein who produced this podcast and to Russell Fitzgibbon who made our theme music. I'll catch you next time.